It's been a couple weeks since I recorded anything, although I've had many ideas. It's just been hard. The pandemic's been getting to me. Uh, the economic future of America, the, the coming recession, the, the COVID-19 um, pandemic, the crisis, the health crisis we've had, it's just everything's come to the surface and there's so much that's just exposed and naked and even now i mean i think it was yesterday um it was early july that, that, that trump had his rallies last weekend uh at mount rushmore and then he came out and said or it was leaked that uh, the official policy of the trump white house was to ignore the pandemic that he's over it they can't control it and they're not going to try to mitigate the effects they're not going to try to protect the people even though mike pence and even mitch mcconnell have come out and encourage people to wear masks uh, they respect the liberty of the president uh, to not wear a mask even though his uh don jr's girlfriend got sick because they went to some kind of Hamptons fundraising no mass party so the, the the propaganda and the brand that these people live by is being totally threatened by the facts by reality um, and it makes it really sick that this power grab for influence is flies in the face of science and it has endangered the lives of Americans, without a doubt, has endangered the lives of Americans. And news outlets have also endangered the lives of Americans. And, and there's been a push for war with Russia from the left, from, from supposedly the left side of the party, is that there's, there's a push for these forever wars. Though the left position would be peace, uh, the democratic, the, the duopoly, the democratic side, has tried to restrict um, pulling out troops from Afghanistan, from negotiating with the Taliban, from ending these forever paydays of the donor class. It's really quite sickening to be an American right now because we have handled this so badly because the, the two top concerns of Americans, the economy, and the the health health care have been subjugated to the private market and the people that we need to defend us from private industry are totally in bed with private industry and so i've been feeling down the main thing that really has gotten me down is that this this project from the Republicans since the late 60s from private industry and the, the would-be oligarchs in the late 60s has continued to the present day. And the Democrats, with the new Democrats and the neoliberals, have signed off on it. And even today, one of those original neoliberals, Joe Biden, is being touted as a hero or even being called a socialist by the right. And he's not anywhere close to that. 
So we've had both parties, the duopoly, guiding us towards an oligarchy in all but name for 50 years. Definitely my whole life. And it's very sad because I do believe we have an existential crisis. I do believe that we are headed towards a cliff. And I don't know if that's a five-year um, climate crisis countdown or if it's a 12-year climate crisis countdown. But we do not have the time to undo 50 years of entrenched private power. We do not have a 50 years or 100 years to really get that back because all life on this planet is in danger. And our electoral system, our democracy has been attacked. And so that's really what I want to talk about today is the electoral project. And is it worth the left to invest in electoral politics? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't put as much pressure as we can on all forms of government and governmental restructuring, but it pressure is not, it could be a waste. And that's what I'm thinking is that the electoral system as it stands is too corrupted and degraded to be stood up. And so I have, um, three, uh, well, two major camps. So first, there is the problems that we have in this country, problems with our ideals, problems with who we think we are and how we tout these things. And then I have the way that these are maintained and the, these power systems are maintained in the face of uh, obvious discrepancies. So first, the, the problems we have here are, are, are about justice and they're about inequality and this idea of equality and democracy and the reason that these are maintained, how they're maintained, how is the, the ideology of, of Americans permit such inequality, such injustice, such undemocratic activity is because we have pervasive ideologies of self-determination, meritocracy, and individual responsibility. So I'm going to dive a little deeper into those. Let's start with justice. Justice in the United States is defined by the courts and the police the laws that we have and who enforces them and then who brings down judgment. And just supposed to be blind, but the access to protections, the access to lawyers, the access to the, their punishment system, we find that people that are in marginalized classes, people that are the most vulnerable, people that are the poorest have the worst outcomes. And we know that disproportionately black and brown people are in jail. And we know that once we take these people and we put them in jail, we take away their rights. We take away their right to freedom. We take away their right to have a say. We take away their right to vote. And they just rot there. 
And now in this pandemic crisis, we take away their freedom to live. You know, in the Declaration of Independence, it says we have the right to to live, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, our liberties are our voice. Our liberties are the right to assemble. Our liberties are the right to protest. And the president had, in D.C., taken the, the, the National Guard and, and gassed and forcibly removed peaceful protesters that were there within the curfew the curfew hadn't uh, come across and he had them forcibly removed without warning. And there's been numerous, now with the protests in the streets, there's been numerous abuses on camera of many, many, many different police departments. There's been police running over protesters in their car. There's been police spraying um, pepper spray out the window of their car. There's been police shooting people from the window of their car, killing them. So the protests that came to a head because of the murder of George Floyd on May 27th, they, May 25th here in 2020, they have continued. And the violence has continued and the brutality has continued. And our police have been trained by military occupations, by other foreign militaries that are occupying Palestine. And our police have had this militarization since we decided to sell at discounts old military equipment to the police. And we haven't had any accountability because the police unions and the police contracts have been so strong. And let's get this clear. I'm for unions. I think that unions are essential and they are necessary to protect workers. But the goal of every union will be to get good wages for their members and to protect them uh, in their, their service of their job and to protect their safety while they're working. So that's really the only two goals. That's what unions do. And the police unions have had an inordinate amount of control, and they have more than protected people. They've protected them from real consequences from their and, and accountability for their, their actions. They are allowed to kill people. It's called qualified immunity. They are allowed exemption from justice. And it's not just the police that have this certain kind of exemption. We do have a two-tiered system where those who can afford it, like Jeffrey Epstein, like Roger Stone, they like um, so many others, they can just avoid the negative consequences, the hand of the state. Donald Trump, he's definitely a criminal. He has done criminal things. But part of him being a criminal is what got him affluence and influence. And so we're saying it's okay to break the law for some people. That's not justice. We're saying it's okay to prosecute innocent people if they're not like you or if they're poor. That's not justice. So what we've had is something egregious like the Citizens United decision, which 
is said that corporations are to be treated like people and they can have unlimited anonymous donations to any kind of political action campaign. Therefore, putting money into politics that makes it impossible are very difficult for individuals to have any kind of say. The Supreme Court has made many pro-corporate decisions that basically take away the rights of the average person. If we're saying one person, one vote, and then you're going to give unlimited funds and we're going to make the whole game, the whole election, the whole season about ratings and about endless campaigning, you are favoring the established politicians. You are favoring the status quo. You are favoring the rich at all times, forever. Because those who have money will perpetually have money because you do not allow and influence and power because <coughs> you do not allow there to be free or fair elections through the justice system. Does anybody really believe if you go before a judge for anything that you've done that you're going to get a fair hearing? That your rights are going to be protected? That you are the same as everyone else, no matter how much money you have or who you know? I don't think anybody believes that. And that's exactly the problem. If we don't have justice in this country, what do we have? Next is inequality. Um, this, the U.S. right now is at a level of inequality that has almost never seen. Maybe in the 1920s, where we had monopolies and the Rockefellers and the robber barons and the Carnegies uh, that were just pilfering the American people. It is American capitalist exploitation to an extreme where the government who is supposed to represent the people to protect them and enforce their rights in the face of the power of the private industry has totally neglected its responsibility. and has allowed private industry to do what they will, take our private data, monitor us, to exploit our work if we work for them, to not guarantee a, fee, a fair wage or not allow us to unionize and ask for it ourselves, to not guarantee our safety. You know, the more money you have in America, the more accountable, the more responsible you should be for what happens in America because your power and influence is that much greater. The guy making minimum wage in, in a, a factory in California shouldn't have to, you know, be at the mercy of his employer or her employer. They should have protections from the government. They should be advocated for by the government. They should be allowed and short of voice by the government. That's what justice would look like. That's what a proper functioning government does. And since we have adopted this neoliberalism, since we've all been in Reagan's house doing playing Reagan's game, we have seen rising inequality. We have seen a discrepant uh, destruction of the middle class, where yes, a few in the middle class get ahead. That's you know, 
That is the exception, not the rule. But as an exception, what the lie is built on. And then we have our media being controlled by those in power and those big corporations. And which we have 24-hour news media doing propaganda for the most affluent. And we don't really have a say. And left media and alternative media have found spaces on the internet. They found spaces in podcasts. They found spaces in YouTube channels. And they've found a way to get their voice out there. What used to be self-published newspapers now has become more discussion-based. Instead of just hiding in the annals of academia, it is now out in the public in some form. And that's very important to have your First Amendment rights, you know, the freedom of press and is the Second Amendment, but the, your freedom, freedom of press and the freedom of speech to be allowed to have a venue to assemble. You know, during COVID-19, that's less, that's less important because it's dangerous to assemble. But that's still what has made all of these protesters more courageous because they are outside and they're putting their lives on the line from COVID-19, from police brutality, and they are trying to say, I matter, I should be included. And that inclusion isn't just in name, isn't just because the Supreme Court says you're a protected class. That inclusion means included in the economic prosperity of America. If the U.S. does better, every citizen should do better. If the stock market does better, every citizen should do better. But that's not how it works. You know, it's possible uh, that you know the, that Crystal Ball likes to say that the 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 stock market is the you know something she heard somewhere. The stock market is a graph of the rich people's feelings, and it, it's kind of true, but it's also destructive to use that as a metric of how everybody should be doing. Increased in GDP, increased in, in, in the market, this infinite growth of capitalism does not ever trickle down. Even when Reagan went to, he was, in, was the president, he had these trickle-down economics, he had all these great ideas, this market fundamentalists, just keep your hands off, get the government out of my hands. You know, George W. Uh, George H.W. Bush came in right after him, his vice president, and what did he do? He discredited it. He said it was foolish, but it had already been too late because the genie was out of the bottle. It was a way for the technocrats and the lobbyists to justify taking the majority of the profits and killing the middle class and leaving out the poor entirely from the system. This final destruction of whatever FDR had built happened under Reagan and has been happening since 40 years little more than my entire life, we have seen America decline. The U.S. social services, the U.S. welfare uh, programs, the U.S. investment in its people have declined. And there's still some vestiges of it on state levels, like California um, education, secondary education system, or the New York's uh, CUNY or SUNY programs. There's been some vestiges that stuck around, but as far as all of these gains we made, that protected us from fascism during the New Deal, that are all but destroyed because of inequality, because the government has decided against the people.
last of our big problems is democracy. We are guaranteed free and fair elections. But yet, ever since the Supreme Court had ruled and the Civil Rights Amendment, uh, ever since the civil, the civil War, and then we had Reconstruction, and there's been a fight against Reconstruction, and then we had um, the Civil Rights Movement, and we had these Jim Crow laws in the South, the, the, express, the express purpose was by laws or by violence that we would restrict the rights of poor black and brown people from expressing their American rights to say their piece, to have one vote equal to all others. And everything we have done since then has been to take away that right. And it doesn't have doesn't matter if it was the Klan, or if it was Jim Crow, uh, or if it was the sheriffs, or if it was the police, or if it was the courts, or if it was big business. They have done everything they can to make us unequal and to silence us. You know, voter disenfranchisement, where you're actually taking people, you're putting them in jail and take away their vote. They should never in America. We should never lose our right to vote. It is core to who we are as a country. It is an inalienable right. We should never be taken off the voter rolls. We should never have to travel miles on our day off and wait for hours to place our vote. It's just not hard to see that voter suppression is a real thing. It's not hard to see that during this pandemic, we can't even get a hearing, we can't even get an assembly, we can't even get Congress together to vote or even acknowledge that there is this need for mail-in voting, that there is this need to keep this election going. There is this need to keep up, at least in appearances, that we are still a democracy. There's no federal attention being paid to it. There's no interest in supporting democratic activities or making it safe and easy for people to vote. They don't want people to vote. It has been a conscious Republican strategy to stop people from voting because they know if they can have, if everybody votes, they will lose. The Republicans will lose. That should tell you everything you need to know right there is everybody gets their vote counted and everybody gets to vote then the Republicans will lose, must mean that Republicans are not representing the people. And they are preaching a kind of intolerance. And they are supporting a minority. A minority position in a democracy should never be in power. You need to go towards the majority. You need to go towards what's popular. But we have had this situation where we are working with plural pluralities. We're not working with majorities. That the plurality is what decides. We're working with the Electoral College, which is instituted to actually make every vote unequal. If you're saying you're going to have X amount of electorals, uh, electoral officials come out of, you know, or, or electoral votes come out of each state, you are saying some states are more important than others. And then if you're saying that this is automatically a blue state or a red state, you're saying these battleground states, those votes are more important than others. Why? 
What makes Florida able to decide an election, a general election in America, in the U.S.? How is that demi uh, democratic? How is that the will of the people? Are the votes of the people of Florida more important than the votes of people in New York? Are the votes of people in Chicago less important than those of Kentucky or Arizona or Texas? Who would possibly support a system that says we're going to value some over others and we're going to make it hard for some and easy for others to vote? We have this system where we know we know that if the states are in charge of our, our um, dual sovereign system where the states are in charge of some things and the, the federal government's in charge of others, if we allow the states to be in charge of some things like education, like voting, they always disproportionately and unequally distribute that right. We have rights in this nation to a good quality education. And everything we've done has been to make it unequal linking property taxes in area to the quality of the education and the quality of the institution of education in the area. How does that make any sense? You make more money, you get to have better education. Education is supposed to be this equalizer, supposed to be a, a baseline for our nation. That we say our dignity depends on a certain amount of being informed. It stands at a certain amount of, of information and baseline education. And you were entitled to that. And states have been sued over not being able, not offering that. How is this the America that our founders designed? We have the right to vote in free and fair elections, yet we can't find free and fair elections anywhere. All of our elections are opaque. We know there's election fraud because the external polls do not at all equal when, what the results are. It's obvious that our elections are broken in this nation and that votes are not being counted. I read somewhere that 100 million votes were left uncounted in the 2016 election. 100 million. That's absurd. And it's not just voting, it's, or the electoral college, or the unfair local laws, which require you to have an ID sometimes, or get ballot access so that you can challenge the two parties by getting signatures or having X amount of money. There are these barriers built in that are designed to keep these two power, these du the duopoly in power, to keep the system, the rig system, the con going, so the American people just take it. And then there's the idea of media access. Why do some people get more media access than others? Why are private corporations putting on and hosting these debates? And they're talking about corporate talking points. And they're talking about ridiculous things and not the truth. They're not trying to get the truth to people, they're trying to skew the results. And it's obvious. Why is that? The only reason I can think of is that it's mind control. If we give you an option between A and B and the end result is 
corporations win and we are in forever wars, then you're going to choose A or B because you feel like you have a choice. But you don't. Corporations are always going to win. The people are always going to lose. They're going to disinvest in people and they're going to stay in foreign wars forever. Other nations don't have this problem. Other so-called free nations, definitely not. Now, there's issues like Singapore, like South Korea, like China, like Hungary, where there are autocrats in charge, like um, like Russia. But is that really the company we want to keep here in America? We prize our freedoms and our liberties so well. These are the three things we need to address. Justice, inequality, and democracy. And it needs to happen now. I want to get to a little bit about this, these lies that we tell ourselves about who we are, about what we are, meritocracy, you know, who, who does the best in school, who is the most educated, allowed to rule and should be in power, um, the self-determination, whatever you put your mind to, you can become, you know, you can choose whatever you want to be, Jimmy. Do you want to be the president of the United States? How about you, Sally? You know, this idea of self-determination and, and an individual responsibility, you know, where uh, Alan de Bouton says it. Uh, there's there's winners in every culture, and then there are people that just don't quite make it. And in the UK, they call them unfortunates, and in the US, they call them losers, because we attribute what happens to you in competition to you, not to competition, not to the effort, not to the system that might be against you, but to you. That's individual responsibility, rugged individualism sometimes called. So I'll go quickly into those so that we can just debunk them because obviously it's pretty obvious, right? If, if we're not a justice nation, if we're an unjust nation and we have different rules for different people, if we're inequality, an equal nation, and then cert, certain people's votes matter more, certain uh, incomes deserve more income, certain status deserves more status and more access to education, or to um, luxury goods, or or to even having housing than others, right? You know, uh, and, and we're not a democratic. Uh, not every election is free and fair, and not every person is is created equal and and uh, whole compared to another person that is equal and whole. You know, we're supposed to be part of a greater union where we treat everybody equally, and that is not what we do. So, the the, the inherent the inherent assumption with the meritocracy argument, with the self-determination argument, with the individual responsibility argument, the inherent assumption is that we do have a baseline equality. That there is an equal playing field. And that inherited advantage, inherited disadvantage are, are not really factors at all. That uh, educational results and and where you live, your zip code doesn't determine your health outcomes. Your zip code doesn't determine your your uh, potential income, but just the amount of effort you put in. I'm not trying to make people feel bad, but we do need to have a reckoning. We do need to have a populist uprising. We do need to actually face the truth in this nation. And the truth is. We're not free. 
The truth is our options are not equal. The opportunity is not equal. The results are not equal. The outcomes are not equal. The way that we're treated is not equal. And until we have a certain amount of equality, by what right do we have to call ourselves free? How can we justify our injustice? How can we justify our undemocratic activities? We need to make equality and success and achievement an, an aim of every person, an aim for this entire nation. And until then, I don't know if the unrest needs to continue. I kind of think it does. I kind of think that until we can have our rights enforced and expanded upon, we need to use what rights we have left before they all get taken away. Because we don't really have the same right to vote and our vote isn't counted equally. We don't all have the same right to a fair trial or to fair treatment by police. We don't all have a certain amount of equality where we can get public education, good quality public education, where we can get health care, where we can get some house, a house, a place to live, where we can take a little bit of vacation every year, get a job, a right to a job. These things are not too big to ask. It is really a baseline level of decency and dignity that we can and we should provide to everyone. We're the richest nation that ever was with the richest man that ever was being one of our citizens. You're telling me we don't have enough, that we need to balance budgets, that we need to be scarce, that we need to cut taxes. This is not a sustainable system, and the status quo must change. We must include everyone if we're ever to go forward. And until then, progress is not possible. We will only regress, and things will only get worse, and they will only threaten our left, what's left of our rights. And this is why I'm having trouble with electoral politics because it's so bad here and it absolutely is a choice and it's a choice that both parties are making all the time it's the choice that's getting made locally and it's the choice that's getting made federally and it's a choice and they're choosing to ignore the people they're choosing to leave us at the whims of whatever police officer they're choosing to destroy hope and that's why these protesters represent hope and love to me, because they want a better world, a better America. I want that too. 
in the electoral pro- process, the, the democracy that we're supposed to be entitled to as our right is supposed to be a way to have a peaceful transition to a better place. But these electoral projects have been corrupted by big money. Our justice system has been corrupted by big money. The war machine has been corrupted by big money. Our health care has been corrupted by big money. It seems pretty obvious that the corruption and the end of America is due to big money. And I don't want America to end. I don't want there to be no opportunities here. I don't want people to suffer in the United States streets because some people have untold fortunes that they had stolen from the works of others. And our government has thrown up their hands and said, I let the lobbyists decide and this is what they decided. I let the technocrats decide and this is what they decided. I let all the proxy uh, private industry folks decide and this is the reality they decided to have. I chose not to govern and this is what's best for the U.S. because this is what's best for the stock market and this is what's best for the big companies. That The U.S. is not an oligarchy and it should not be one. And we need to do everything we can to fight that. But right now, we are an oligarchy in all but name. And I'm afraid we cannot stop it. The Electoral Project will not stop it. Joe Biden will not stop it. Donald Trump wants it to happen sooner. He is our first billionaire president. Michael Bloomberg was on that debate stage. Tom Steyer, billionaires running for president. Do you think that they understand the American people? Do you think they want justice, inequality, and democracy? They have profited untold fortunes from the system as it is, system of exploitation, system of racism, the system of brutality system of surveillance, the system of endless wars. That's our system, the system of private prisons and human rights abuses. That's our system. We need to accept the reality of things and we need to move from there towards something that's better. We can't do it alone and we can't do it with our eyes closed. We can't do it believing in inequality, in injustice, in undemocratic practices that will not get us anywhere. Thank you for listening. I I hope, I have hope. I am scared for my family, for my relatives that are older with COVID-19 for the economy and and the financial crisis that's coming. I'm scared. But I'm going to be courageous and I'm not going to let fear stop me. And I'm going to try to be informed and to inform others. Because Americans are good people. 
and they believe in freedom and they believe in justice and they believe in equality and democracy. And we need to make those beliefs come true. We need to fight for them because we're not going to have a middle class. We're not going to have economic prosperity if we do not have some sort of redistribution. So be good to each other, be kind, be curious, and humble. And we can hold our convictions and push for inclusion and power in the hands of the people. Because those who hold power now in government and in business, they're not good actors. They don't want what's best for you. If you want to give me some comments, you can uh, reach me at meaningwhatradio at gmail.com. Please like, share with your friends and try and get some truth out there. Be good to each other. Stay safe.